As uh, Sean has already said, we're in the middle of a study that's called God Is. And it's based on a quote that A.W. Tozer said many years ago. It says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And we've asked over the last few weeks, what is it, what is it that comes to your mind? What is it that you think about? What, what is God to you? We've even had some times where we've shared that with, with one another. We have been praying over this idea. What is God to me? And one of the things that we've said is that our doubts actually reveal what we actually believe about God. It's one thing for you to tell your neighbor this morning, hey, I think God is love, but do you really feel as if God loves you? It's one thing for you to be able to say, I know that God is good, but yet wonder sometimes, is he really? You see, your mind whispers to your heart. Your mind whispers to your heart and says, is God out there? And if so, does he actually care about me? Do the things that I read about in Scripture, the things that are written down in the Bible, do they really have any meaning in my life right here today in, in 2019? And, and if I study the Bible and if I pray, is it going to have any kind of impact in my life? And maybe you've asked the question, why, does, why don't I feel the way I used to feel about my faith? You see, sometimes these doubts, they're huge boulders, and sometimes they're just little pebbles that are in your shoe. And man, they're just uncomfortable. Sometimes the doubts that you have actually get in the way of your faith walk. And maybe you're here this morning and you have this huge boulder of doubt that is just sitting there. And you had to drag yourself out of bed just to be here. And you were thinking the whole time, I don't know why I'm going because I really don't know if I still believe. Or maybe this has been one of those weeks where that pebble has just been really giving you problems you've been asking yourself over and over, if I do believe, why do I have all of these nagging doubts? And so we said, hey, why don't we just talk about this thing? Why don't we just get together each week and, and let's just talk about who God is. As revealed in scripture and as we experience him. And so we have been. We've been talking about our concerns as to whether or not God is good, whether or not God is merciful and wise and, and long-suffering. And we're doing this in order to give voice to our doubts so that we can step away from, from this wishy-washy existence that we seem to be in where sometimes our faith is strong and other times we're very weak and we're wondering where, where, where is God in all of this and, and how does God feel about me in the midst of this? So far, we've discovered that God is patient with our doubts and that his goodness is foundational to his character. And today what I want us to do is talk about another one of those foundational characteristics. You know, it'd be great if we could order life like we order gourmet coffee, right? Give me a tall, extra hot cup of adventure with a little dab of long life. Or, or why not a hot cup of, I don't know, a grande happy chino with a dollop of love and, and how about some retirement sprinkles on top? That'd be great if we could just go and, and ask God and, in order and, and get it just like, we do at, just like we do at Starbucks. But often what happens is that life hands us something entirely different than what it is that 
that we order. Enjoy early retirement with marital problems and inflation. Have a hot cup of job transfer right before your daughter's graduation. Surprises, we call them. Modifications, euphemism. Transitions, to be sure. Whatever you choose to call them, life daily serves up a big cup of change. And it's inevitable. One time, Jesus, spending time with his disciples, and he just tells them honestly, I am going away. I'm going away. And to say that they were shocked would be an understatement. I mean, they had reason for optimism. They were riding this wave of popularity, and for the first time, perhaps even in their very life, their countrymen had hope. There was this rabbi, this teacher, this healer, this miracle worker on the scene. He was like the prophets of old. He was doing things that no one had done before him. Surely God must be with him. And you're doing what? I'm leaving. I'm going away, said Jesus. And Christ hands them a cup of major transition. And with it, he reminds us of this. Even those closest with God get their apple cart turned over. You've experienced that, right? You know what that's, what that's like? A surprising diagnosis? You know that. A sudden dip into the savings? A restructuring at work? A rupturing at home? You know, you had planned on spending your retirement traveling. And you and the missus, you guys were going to see all these different sites and do all these different things. That was your plans. You didn't want to move. You didn't want to have to uproot the family. You didn't want to have to change schools. You didn't want to have to find new places to shop. You didn't want to have to go house hunting. You didn't want to have to deal with all the movers, all those things that go on. There's a lot of things that you haven't wanted over the last year. But life decided that the status quo had to go. And perhaps you thought that your relationship with God, you know what? It would keep you clear of these things. That for somehow, some way, that with Jesus by your side, you would be exempt to all the sudden changes that everybody else has to deal with. Everybody over here on this side, yeah, you got changes. But not these people because they're close to God. Is that how you think? Let me ask you this. How did you respond the first time when you realized that being a Jesus follower did not come with a life never changes guarantee? Did you get angry? Probably. Did you panic? Absolutely you did, right? You remember that first breakup? You were going to be together forever. And then all of a sudden, they found someone new. It wasn't you, it was them. And now, what happens? Run for your lives! I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be able to survive. Who will I text at all hours? Who will lay awake at night thinking of me? Graduation, hide the women and children. 
what is going to happen now? I'm going off into the workforce. It's this real world that I've always heard about. I don't know if I'm prepared. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You know, some changes come right away. And they really shock us. Other changes, though, are, are gradual. And we're not ready for the, for the impact when all of a sudden we look in the mirror and we realize we don't look like we did when we graduated high school. <laughs> now, why are you laughing? In my mind, I still look the same. And guess what? In your mind, you still look the same, too. And then every once in a while, you'll pass by the mirror and you'll take the towel off of it. And you will see yourself. And wow, have you changed. <gasps> the horror. What are you going to do? Your hair is gone. From your lip and your head. <laughs> and where did the teeth go? And the smile. Where, what's, what's happened to you? How are you even here today given the changes that have taken place in your life? Oh, we, we freak out. But change is inevitable. That's what we're reminded every time we look into the mirror. Change is inevitable. But I've got good news, guys. So is God's faithfulness. Change shakes us, but God sends a couple of promises to stabilize us. And just for a couple of minutes, I want you to look at something that's that's in the Gospel of John, chapter 14. If you'd like to open your Bibles there. Gospel of John, chapter 14. I want you to look at a couple of promises that are given here. Because I know, change is hard. And there are a lot of you who have been through some major change over this last year. And it has shaken you. And it has allowed doubt to, to grow. And it has allowed you to question about whether or not God is actually good and, and is God actually with me or not. And, and that's the first promise that I want you to consider. The fact that God has promised to be with you. After all, isn't that how Jesus was known? Emmanuel, God with us. Well, well back to Jesus' conversation with his disciples. He said, I'm leaving. And I'm sure that he saw the fear that was present there on their faces and how they were uncertain as to what was going to come next. So here's what he said in John 14, verse 26. When the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and he will remind you of everything I have told you. Going into verse 27. He says, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. Earlier in the evening, Jesus has said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Now Jesus uses a word here, another. And it can mean something that is different or it can mean something that is the same. Like, can I get you another coffee? Well, do you want to get me the same coffee or do you want to get me a different coffee, right? 
we know how that wording is used. Well, Jesus uses a word here, though, that means that, guess what? I am going to send you someone, another, who is just like the first. And who was the first? It was Jesus. Hence the assurance that Jesus gives to his disciples. He says it this way. I'm going away, and you're going to enter a new season of life. A different chapter. A lot of things are going to be different. But one thing is going to remain constant. God's presence. Because God has promised to be with you. You will enjoy the presence of another counselor. So he's promised to be with you. And not only that, he's promised to be near you. The disciples needed a travel companion. And guess what? So do you. The word counselor means someone who comes alongside. Someone who who comes up and, and will walk with you. Someone who will sit down there beside you. And the presence of God's Spirit would give the disciples, it says, peace of mind and heart. And wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great to have peace of mind and heart given the changes that you have had to go through during this last year? Given the changes that you are anticipating that are going to happen just within the next few weeks? We've got college students here in our midst who are getting ready to graduate. High school students getting ready to graduate as well. We've got individuals who are planning on getting married. We've got individuals who are looking at moves, who are thinking about job transitions, all kinds of different change. Wouldn't you like to say, I have peace of mind and heart? Well, that's what God offers because he is faithful. You see, when you place your faith in Christ, when you submit to him, Christ places his spirit before you, behind you, and within you. Not a strange spirit, but the same spirit. Everything Jesus did for his followers, the spirit does for you. Jesus taught, the spirit teaches. Jesus healed, the spirit heals. Jesus comforted, the spirit comforts. As Jesus sends you into new seasons, he sends you with a counselor to go with you because God is faithful. He's promised to be with you and he's promised to be near you. But let's be honest about something. Faithfulness is boring. It's boring. Because by definition, I'll look this up, faithfulness is predictable, habitual, sturdy, and routine. That's what we called our Christ lurker priest when I was growing up. Old faithful. Right? How many of you guys had a car like that? Where you say, it's not very flashy, doesn't go too fast, but I walk out and it cranks every morning. Right? It's old faithful. Who wants to be known like that? Who wants to be that car? Who wants to have that kind of stigma attached to it? Not fast, but functional, faithful. When talking to prospective brides and grooms, I often ask them to complete a list of expectations. Mason, I've had you guys do this, right? Just put down the expectations that you have of one another, expectations that you have for your marriage. And I was shocked the first few times I did this because... The couples would come in. It would never fail. They would have a list of expectations and faithfulness would not be on the list. Yeah. And, and so now, I told Mason and Kelsey, I'm like, look, you're going you're, you're to make a list of expectations. And I expect faithfulness to be there when you come back and see me. 
why would couples not put faithfulness there? I ask. I'm like, don't you want your spouse to be faithful? And they said, well, it's a given, isn't it? It's a given. Habitual. Sturdy. Faithful. Boring. Author Mark Buchanan writes, We live amidst surpassing wonders, but most of it has become run-of-the-mill. We dwell among endless miracles that repeated day after day have grown tedious. We are lavished with gifts that we now expect or ignore or begrudge. I mean, after all, when was the last time someone got excited about the sun coming up? Faithfulness is boring, guys, until it's gone. If you don't believe me, check out this dude here. The sun came up again? I can't believe it! I thought when I closed my eyes last night that that was it! But we have another day of this! Wahoo! No way! The sun came up again! The sun came up again today. How many of you guys did that? How many of you were so pumped? You couldn't wait. Oh, man. It is so awesome. The faithfulness of God. The sun comes up day after day after day. And yet we get so bored with the monotony. So bored with the things that happen day in and day out. And yet God is faithful. So we have to learn to rest in God's faithfulness without taking it for granted. I love the way that the Apostle Paul, he writes to a church and he says, look, I want you guys to have joy. He says, I need a lot of roosters in the church. And so he says, rejoice in the Lord always because the Lord is near. The Lord is with you. The Lord is near you. He says, so rejoice. You don't take it for granted. You get up each and every morning, and before your feet hit the floor, woo, God is with me. Woo, God is near. And then you go and you get your coffee, and you're like, hey, I would like a, um, a tall cup of Happy Chino. And they're like, what? You go, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. I'm just so excited today that God is faithful and that God is with me. We've got to learn how to stop taking the faithfulness of God for granted. Because here's the good news, guys. Because of God's faithfulness, we are able to embrace every season of life. God dispenses life through seasons. We don't fall apart when winter turns to spring. I haven't seen any of you running around like your hair is on fire all because the grass is starting to get greener and, and, and blooms are starting to bud. I, I don't remember when the, when the summer went to fall and the leaves started to fall that any of you came running in here saying, have you seen what's happening to the leaves? No, you, you understand there are, there are seasons of change. We see this, we understand it in the world that is around us. Spring goes to summer, summer goes to fall, fall back into winter. So why is it that we should become so anxious 
when change comes into the seasons of our life. If God is faithful enough to see that the sun rises each day, if he is faithful enough to see that the seasons change each and every year, don't you think he is faithful enough to be with and near you during all the changes of your life? Do you think that the change that you're experiencing is too great for God? The Ecclesiastes writer fills the pages of Scripture with 28 different God-dispensed time frames. 28 different things that he says, you know what, there's a season for. And with those, some of those seasons, they're easier to see God present there than others. But God's faithfulness is promised during every unique moment of life. Max Licato tells the story of a mother who didn't want her son walking to school alone. He was a first grader. He felt like that now that he had gotten out of kindergarten and could break all the graham crackers along the dotted line, that he didn't have to have help getting to school. But mom had a little bit of an uneasy feeling. So each day she would quote to him before he left the 23rd Psalm. And she would come to the part and say, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. One day, she came up with an idea. She asked a neighbor if she wouldn't mind looking after her son because she knew the neighbor walked their toddler anyway. And the neighbor said, Sure, I'll just follow him down the sidewalk and until he gets to school. That's, that's no problem. Well, after several days, the, the young boy's friend who had been walking with him to school noticed the lady and the child who daily had been walking behind them. And so he asked him, who's the lady that follows us to school? Do you know her? Sure, the boy said. That's Shirley Goodnest and her daughter Marcy. Who? Well, my mom reads about them every day in the Bible. She says, Shirley Goodnest and Marcy will follow me all the days of my life, and I guess I'm just going to have to get used to them. And friends, I guess you'll have to get used to them too. Because God is faithful. He never sends you through change alone. So what about it? Are you on the eve of change? Do you find yourself looking at a new chapter and and wondering what's next? Is the foliage of your world showing signs of a new season? Heaven's message is clear. When everything else changes, God's presence never does. He's faithful. He is promised to be with you and to be near you. But I know there's a nagging thought. And it's been on your mind ever since... I brought up the word faithful. God is faithful, sure. But you're sitting there this morning saying, I'm not. Chris, I know that God, okay, God God is faithful and, and great. The Holy Spirit is within me and God has promised to be with me and God's promised to be near me and Shirley Goodnest and the daughter Marcy is going to follow me all the days of of my life. That's great. God is faithful, but I'm not faithful. 
Anheit. I promised to be with him, but I left him a long time ago. And I promised to be near him, but lately I just keep, I just keep putting him at a distance. Then can I close with a very special scripture for you? One that God wants for you to see and internalize and make your anthem for the years that are to come. It's from a book in your Bible called Second Timothy. A mentor named Paul was writing to a young man named Timothy. And he gives him all different advice and direction on how to, to minister to the people of God. And in the second letter that he writes to him, he says this. He says, I've got a trustworthy saying for you. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, he will reign. We will reign with him. If we deny him, well, he'll deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. Do you understand what Paul is saying? A trustworthy saying. That even when you are unfaithful, even when you walk away, even when you push God uh, out to the distance, that it does not forfeit the faithfulness that he shows to you. Because it is part of his character. It is a part of who he is. It is foundational to his nature. And because of that, Paul says he cannot deny who he is. He cannot deny himself. So fine, you be unfaithful, but God will forever be faithful to you. And so maybe you need to praise him for that this morning. Maybe you need to praise him for the fact that even though you long ago walked away, he has remained with you and near you. And he longs for you to open your eyes and to see him as he is faithful to you. I don't know what season of life you're going through right now. I don't know what change you're experiencing. But God is patient with your doubts. And God is good. He will not leave you alone. He has given you a comforter. He has given you an advocate, someone to come alongside of you, someone to remind you of the love that he has for you. He's faithful, even when you are not. So maybe what you need to do this morning is, as we sing here and encourage one another for a few minutes, you just need to, to stand there and maybe you just need to close your eyes and you just need to, to thank God. Maybe as, we, maybe as we sing together, you just need to give out a little woo-hoo because guess what? God, you're still faithful. And the sun came up again. Maybe as we sing together, you need to, to come before this congregation and you need to say, you know what? I have been trying to run from God for so long. And I've thought this whole time that because I ran, he would never welcome me home. But I want to come back to a faithful God. 
Maybe you want to come this morning and say, you know what? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and I want to give my life to Him. I want to have that spirit. I want to be filled. I want to know that God is near me. And we'll rejoice as you are baptized into Christ this morning. We'll celebrate with you. Guys, God is faithful. It should change the way you live this week. It should change the way that you deal with your family. It should change the way you deal with people at work. It should change with the way that you see yourself in the mirror. Because let me tell you, there is something going to change this week. There is going to be something that is going to upset your apple cart. There is something that is going to be there that will cause a little bit of doubt to creep in. And in the midst of that, you need to be able to look change in the face and go, Woo-hoo! God's faithful. Will you stand and sing with me?